0: Welcome to the Diversity Matters in the Middle Market podcast, where industry leaders share their compelling growth stories and the unseen challenges they have overcome. Our goal is to inform and inspire our listeners to take action and make diversity, equality, and inclusion a pillar of your organization. This is a production of the Association for Corporate Growth, ACG, and Connection Builders.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to an episode of the Diversity Matters in the Middle Market podcast. I'm your host, Alex Drost. Today, we are joined by Michelle Chow, Head of Investor Relations and Senior Vice President of Originations with Bertram Capital, a private equity firm focused on lower middle market companies. Michelle shares her non-traditional career pathway to her current role, and we discuss how firms can build a culture that creates opportunities for a more diverse talent pool. All right, let's jump in. Michelle, welcome to the Diversity Matters Podcast. Excited to have you here today.
2: I'm excited to be here.
1: So let's start out with just sharing a little bit of your background, a little bit of your story. I think you have a pretty inspiring story, and then we'll we'll take the conversation from there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I have been with Bertram Capital for I want to say 14 years now. And I started from a very unique position. I actually started as an EA and Bertram was less than a year old at the time. And they were really looking for support to help develop the firm, asked me what I wanted to do later on in life. And I wanted to be an EA I meant about saying no about that. And they gave me opportunities to grow. And I had been supporting business development as an EA And I was really, really intrigued with the private equity world, with deal sourcing, with how we grow businesses and sell, how we think about things, meeting with management teams. It was all just so intriguing. And it was one of those things where I didn't realize this would be something I'm so passionate about. And I found that passion and I was given opportunities. And today, you know, 14 years later, I'm the senior vice president of business development and I head investor relations at Bertram.
1: Wow. And and to be clear, you had no educational background, no previous experience in the private equity world, correct?
2: Not in private equity. So prior to Bertram, I actually worked on the real estate side and I did valuations. Um, so I understood certain aspects. And prior to that, I had worked for an international holding company that managed multiple assets. The first company was more in an EA role, the second equity. But what I found was a lot of experiences and, and things that I had learned in my previous roles really carried over into my current role.
1: Well, so let then to, to where you are today.
2: So, uh, it was probably a year into my time at Bertram. And I think I was a, a good EA. I think I was a good enough EA where I was asked, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Um, you work really, really hard. And the great thing about Bertram at that time was because it was a new firm, there was a lot of ways for me to add value. And there was a lot of ways for me to bring up ideas and how we can improve marketing in this area. And I was really, really organized. And, and so when I was asked what else I want to do, I realized During that position that I really wanted to learn more about business development that I really wanted to dig in. And what my boss at the time told me was, if you want to get into business development, you have to be the best EA, do your daytime job flawlessly. And on top of that, learn the role on your own. And I did that. So I took Wall Street prep to learn the kind of financial engineering side. I sat down with all the partners within Bertram, learned about our portfolio and our investment strategy. And I just became second nature.
1: So you you developed the skill sets, you put in the extra work to learn that and it, it allowed you to get to where you are today. in very much a non-traditional path to, to getting into your role, right? What do you have you learned
2: so something that I I do now, whenever anyone enters into Bertram, is I always ask, what do you want to do? What are you interested in? And I think Bertram in general has done a pretty good job of this, where we will share what other departments do within the firm. And if there's interest, we have open conversations and I think that's something that I've learned is sometimes people are probably going to be, especially if you're more junior level, they're going to be more hesitant to explore different areas. So creating a safe place to have those open conversations um, is something that I've learned from a management level. You know, I think right now I have my dream job. 14 years ago when I started at Bertram, if this would be where I was going to end up, I would probably say there's no way because I don't have the background. And I always felt like the dumbest one in the room. (laughs) The other thing I've also learned is that everyone's learning as they go. And that has helped me a lot. And you realize that you're continuously growing, you're continuously learning, that empowers you to get better and better. So those are kind of a wide range of things I've learned.
1: So so let me take you back to, you talked about that you have to be open to ha- helping people see new opportunities run the firm, right? And, and that's a little bit of, of you and in, in your role, you start there, you're, you're in an executive assistant role that the career track certainly is not typical to move into where you are today, but if I hear you right, someone sat down as a, a safe place to understand what some of those other opportunities were that, that could inspire you and motivate you to go above and beyond and learn the skill sets necessary to grow. Is that a fair way of looking at that?
2: That is absolutely fair. And I'll also mention that when I, when I interviewed for the EA position, one of the people that interviewed me told me very specifically, this is an EA role. This will always be an EA role. There was no growth path outside of that. And I was young enough and green enough where I thought, well, this is still something that I want to take on. And I had the skills, I think I could do this, you know, but as I was exposed to more and more PE, I just wanted more. And I was, I was given more because I was willing to work for it.
1: So you would also mention that not everyone knows all the opportunities available. I think a little of what you're describing there, when you started, you didn't have a clue of what what it could lead to or where it could take you, right? Knowing knowing that now, how how do you create an environment? How do you make sure that you help people understand some of the different opportunities that that might be available?
2: I can, can speak, speak from, from our personal experience, experience at Bertram. We, we started working with a local non-profit, nonprofit organization called Peninsula Liverage. And, and essentially, we will hire an intern from them uh, just about every year. Just about every year. and uh, they come in, we ask them what you, learn, in, we we have have them what you want to learn, and we have and we them sit down with different departments, and we expose them to kind of different areas within private equity. Because within private equity, there's also HR. There's also administrative. There's also accounting. There's so many different facets within a private equity firm. And I think, you know, we have this organization that enables you know, people to have, have so much exposure. That so, that's that so, much exposure. so that's one way we've kind of given opportunities. So that's one way do which was really great to be able to have um, all the other hands, 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 hands meetings is really great virtually to be able to have all is we me actually uh, had each um, department do a actually presentation actually on what they do had and each, uh, made this part of virtual, um, virtual contact with this person And generally. You're creating a lot of camaraderie This you're creating just this really cohesive environment where everyone works really well together. Everyone knows why this part of the firm is important and it's much more collaborative collaborative, and then people can also assess whether or
1: not they want to learn more or develop their skills in a specific area. So let's tack on to that. And I I want to turn this conversation out towards specifically around diversity, right? Our whole theme for for this episode or for all this podcast series is around diversity and why diversity matters and how it impacts an organization. And a lot of what you and I've talked about, what I, I think is really interesting here is when if you really want to build a diverse team, you often do need to look outside of traditional ways. You have to find ways to to bring up people that that might not come from a traditional pathway. And everything you're sharing is about how to how to create that right, how to create opportunities for people that aren't coming from a traditional pathway. Speaking from from your experience around this, what are some of the benefits that you've seen to you come through? Are extra benefits, things that that often, ultimately help the organization function better because of this way of thinking.
2: Well, I can, I can say that early on in Bertram, we used to have only use recruiters to hire for positions within Bertram. And I think in the recent years, we've started posting on LinkedIn. So it's um, creating a broader avenue for people to come in and apply for open positions within Bertram. I think that's, that's one way. And then the other is taking on interns that don't have that typical background and just giving them a shot. I I think for a lot of firms it's going to be much more challenging to go outside of the norm for a more senior position. But, you know, if you have junior positions where you can really build them up within the firm and they have a lot of attributes that you like and not not every single one that typically checks the box, you know, take a risk with the junior ones. And I for me, I think it's really important to hire people that are willing to work hard, that are really, really smart, that are going to be with you long term. Those are who you want to invest in. And a lot of the the other attributes can kind of be trained throughout time.
1: Well, I think your point there, and you said this earlier, that, that you can learn anything, right? Pe- people can reach and accomplish their goals as long as you try to, as long as you embrace the mentality of being a, a constant learner and looking to invest in yourself, looking to grow your skill sets. And, and remind us again, what, what's your education background?
2: So I went to UC Davis for my undergrad, and then I actually ended up getting a master's in child education, which was totally random, but it was actually, it was partially because... I didn't know if I could be successful having a family and having such a demanding job at the same time.
1: Really? Well, that's, it's fascinating. I want to actually come back to that point in a minute, but I I want to point out that your, your education background, I ask our listeners who's listening here, you know, think of our, our community, especially talking to the ACG community here. We look around, how many people do you know that have a master's in child education that is working in your position, right? You're, you're probably one of, if not the only, right? But, But what it proves is that. Your education background, while it certainly has an impact on what you know and, and how you can perform in, in the workplace, it certainly is not the only factor. It's not the only variable that drives success because you've been successful in your role without that traditional education and experiential background that most people traditionally have going into a private equity role. Correct?
2: Right. Correct. That That is a fair assessment. Yeah.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Connection Builders, helping middle market professionals connect, grow, and excel in their careers.
1: Now, for you looking back at that, what what do you wish you would have known then that you know now?
2: Well, definitely just having more exposure because I think back then, I didn't know what private equity was at all. You know, I knew what investment banking was, I knew what venture capital was. And I think just having more exposure to different career opportunities within this world and even within private equity, I mean, there's the investment side and then there's business development and IR where I stand. I don't think I would be as passionate about the investment side within a specific sector, but I'm super passionate about the IR and business development side as well. So I think it's kind of probably being more educated on all the opportunities available to me and giving myself more exposure to that early on.
1: I, I think that's a really important point there. Again, for, for listeners, if you're in a role, if you're in a position where you are in a, whether it be private equity, investment banking, legal accounting, wherever you are in the ecosystem, if you you can look for opportunities to expose other individuals, specifically those that are, are earlier in their career trajectory and help them understand what some of the opportunities out there might be. Because I think so often you can have a, a talented individual that didn't follow a traditional education education pathway that doesn't even have a clue that that opportunity exists out there that there might be a role out there and if they don't know it they're never going to just figure it out unless someone helps them and sees it and shows that opportunity and everything you're saying is just have exposure to that. Help help people. If you're in that position, look for ways to give people exposure to what you're doing. And in particular, again, tying it to this conversation, look for underrepresented minority groups and say, OK, how can I find someone and, and help them see this opportunity that, that that may not exist in their world today? Right.
2: Agreed. Agreed. I will also say so just an example of kind of in, within my own personal Career path was, you know, I started in business development and Bertram was looking for someone to potentially jump into the IR role. And it was again, my, my boss and my leadership, the person above me who said, I think you would be fantastic for this role. You know, this is, this is something that's brand new. You have the energy for it. You know, Bertram super, super well. I know you don't have a background in IR, but I think you could do this. So for me, it was, you know, I had an advocate, I had a cheerleader encouraging me to step into this role because they saw a certain potential in me that I wouldn't have seen in myself. And there was this opportunity that I wouldn't have known of had it not been for, again, my senior leadership.
1: So, you're, you're the point I think you're driving at that's an important one is, again, not, not only try to create exposure for others, but if you see someone that you think has potential, be, be an advocate for them. Help help them see that because oftentimes, someone may not see their, their own... I, I think oftentimes, we we don't see our own potential. Right. I think that's human nature is to not fully see our own potential. And, and when you have someone that can advocate for you and help you see that, it can go a long way in, in motivating you and helping you kind of break through your, your own challenges. Totally. Exactly. So, let, let's go back for a moment, you got a degree in childhood education because you didn't know if you could handle being a mom and doing the work. And I, I want to talk about that for a minute. Cause I, I think there's a lot of women out there that, that have that exact. Can you just share some of your thoughts, your experience around that and, and what you would say to tell their women going through that same thought process right now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So my role within business development and now also in investor relations pre-COVID required a ton of travel. So you are un- unable to travel for a specific amount of time. And you know, as a mom, you don't want to be away from your children for very, very long. And also at that time there was no other female within Bertram that had a position that required a lot of travel that had a family. So I had really no one um To compare notes with, and and no one to show me that it was possible. In my situation, I think I had proven that I was valuable to the firm. Where when I got pregnant, the question was first and foremost, "Do you want to stay?" And I wanted to stay. And so the question was, "Okay, then how are you going to make it work?" Knowing that you know your performance can't go down. Knowing that you have to continuously you know source opportunities and bring in investors and. And so the responsibility was then placed on me in terms of, okay, if I want the best of both worlds, how am I going to make it work? And, you know, it was a candid conversation that I had with my firm, with my husband and we found a way to make it work. You know, we, we got a nanny. We made sure that I would never be away from home for more than three nights out of the week. And then the next week I would make up for it. We decided that I would work for home on Friday so I can take my kids to their music lessons and do all the things that I want to do as a mom, but also still continues to be successful in my role. And I have a lot of flexibility. So if I need to leave the office early for something to do with my kids, My firm has the confidence, Bertram has the confidence that I'm still going to get the work done. And I and I live up to that. I make sure that I get everything done and performance hasn't gone down. So just because you don't see it today doesn't mean it can't be available. It's not possible. You just have to really think about how to make it possible.
1: Well, and I think you had said this to me on a previous call, and this goes back to advocating a little bit. I think you had a someone in your organization that said, I'd rather have half a Michelle instead of no Michelle. Right, yeah. and it's advocating and getting you like, okay, how can we help? How can we make this work for you, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I'm just going to give him a shout out because I think he deserves it. Um, but David Hellier uh, is is the person that I've been working with for over a decade. And I remember when I got pregnant, I was so nervous to tell him. And his first reaction was, "That's great! That's amazing! I'm super, super happy for you." What do you want to do? You know? And it was just it was so refreshing to have that open conversation. And to be able to have someone who's happy for me, even though the position, even you know, though my, my my role may impact, you know, the the professional role, um, I felt like I had a cheerleader, and I just I wanted to do a good job because of that too.
1: Well, and I think this is a really important point for, for listeners and, and thinking of again, if you, especially if you are in a position of influence, you're a leader within an organization to create the culture that, that their response is, that's great. I'm excited for you. How, how can we, how can we make this work for you? And this is so cool because what, what I heard you say, and, and I don't think you're, you're alone in this at all. You had, it sounded like some angst about. Talking about it at first because you're worried about what the response might be to it, right? And that right. it's unfortunate that that is the reality that that many times that can be some of the the culture in some organizations. But the point you're driving is because David had created a, a culture and an environment and, and a situation for you, it was you, you can do this. How do we make this work? And 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 really being that advocate for you, it gave you the the space and the opportunity to to figure it out and to continue to excel, which allowed your firm to retain you as a highly valued member of the, the team, correct?
2: Correct, yes. I hope I'm highly valued. I believe so.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the Association for Corporate Growth, the premier M&A deal-making community with a mission to drive middle market growth.
1: So let's talk just a, a little bit then for for someone who is trying to, to step back and say, okay, well, I... I want to build a more diverse team. I want to bring in more talent. I, I know that I need to find exposure. I know I need to advocate. I know I need to try to create these. What What do you say to someone who is saying, well, I've got all this, but it's just how do I find the time? How do I make this work? It It just seems really hard to, to build a diverse team. And it just seems easier not to deal with it.
2: Well, I think if you have that attitude... Of it's not gonna happen or it's impossible, then you already have the wrong attitude. So I think I, I think it's a scenario where, you know, if you want to pursue a path and you're focused on it, you're just continuously building on top of that. So for instance, you know, for, for Bertram, we have an effort where we want to make sure we recruit more women. And so we've been asking each other, you know, do you have women in your network that might be interested in getting into private equity? And it might not bear fruit right away, but over time, if you continuously have this acknowledgement that you want to build a certain team or you want to attract a certain talent, eventually something's going to happen. Eventually you're going to find someone. So I think it's, you know, first and foremost, having the can do attitude, not necessarily setting a time limit and understanding that it is an ongoing effort. And if you stick to it at some point, you're going to create a more diverse team because you put it out in the universe and the universe at some point is going to, you know, return what you're asking for.
1: Well, and I, I completely agree with you. You have to have the right attitude about it. And it, starting with that mindset is, is critical behind it. But you also said, it sounds like there's a little bit of intentionality with, within your organization and saying, okay, we, we want to hire more women, we want to expand the, the women representation across our firm. So we're going to ask into our network and, and be very thoughtful about seeking out that talent knowing that it's not going to happen overnight, knowing it's not going to just change right away, that it's going to take time and effort over a a duration. But you're, you're making that effort. You're putting that intentionality out there to start that process.
2: Correct. Exactly.
1: Well, I, I Michelle, I, I think that that's great advice here. Let me let me give just kind of a quick summary of what we talked about and tie this whole conversation together here. So, again, you you started your career w- within Bertram as a an EA, started in a role that wasn't supposed to have upside necessarily, and and you you came in without a traditional education and career path background. Fast forward 14 years to where you are today, you are you've excelled within the career, you've built within the firm, you've built a career around it, and you've taught yourself, you've learned along the way. And what, what I've heard from you throughout this conversation is what really helped you be successful in that it is really two key components. And, and number one, it was exposure. Number two, it was advocacy, right? And it was be, being exposed, understanding some of the different options, knowing what was out there, and then having an advocate in there. And of course, under that is your own drive, your own grit, your own hard work, and everything that has to go in there. And, and you know obviously, I don't want to at all discount that because you worked very hard to, to get where you are. But it sounds, as, as I've heard you, it, it has... Having the exposure and having an advocate is what really helped bring what what I would say is your very non-traditional talent into that, that process. And that, that's how we can open up more doors and create more opportunities for those that, that aren't coming from that traditional career pathway.
2: Yes. Yeah. I think that's, that is a... Very good summary. I also think it's it's very much a chicken egg thing for a lot of organizations, for a lot of people, because I think a lot of organizations are saying, I need to see someone step above and beyond in order for them to get these opportunities, right? And for on the receiving end, it's I want these opportunities so I can show that I could step above and beyond. And I think for me, I had this kind of perfect alignment where I was going above and beyond and there was a need for this role to be fulfilled and it just kind of melded together. So I think in everything it's just you know, if you if you want to have additional opportunities, if you want a more diverse team, putting it out in the universe, doing what you can to achieve that, and then hopefully all the stars will align.
1: Your your chicken the egg comment is is a very good one. You you have to create the opportunities. You have to take some risk on people and open up doors and give them the opportunity to shine to figure out if they can actually shine. Sometimes, and and it's it, it, it's part of the process. So. Michelle, I really appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate you sharing some of your thoughts. And and, uh, for our listeners, how can they get in touch with you?
2: I'm on LinkedIn. Feel free to ping me on LinkedIn. You can go on the Bertram Capital website too, www.bcap.com. And our office
0: number is there. But feel free to reach out in time.
1: Awesome. We'll make sure that's linked in the show notes below. Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate you being on here today. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for tuning into today's episode of the diversity matters in the middle market podcast. We hope you enjoyed our content and encourage you to take action today. While no individual will bring all the change necessary. We can all make an impact. If you enjoyed our content, please share with your network. This is a production of the association for corporate growth, ACG and connection builders.